This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for Friday, May 21st. The Yankees just finished up a 10-game road trip. Successful road trip any way you cut it. Yeah, you would have liked a couple of those sweeps. Uh, in Tampa and Baltimore, but overall they won two out of three in Tampa, two out of three in Baltimore, and three out of four in Texas. And uh, you cut that up as a seven and three road trip, you're going to take it every time. What really stood out though is how they're winning these games. The Yankees are still winning a lot of games right now without a lot of major offensive production. They still have a lot of abysmal batting averages and run production from people, and that's going to have to change but they're winning these games with pitching. And that was the big concern coming in, right? If you were going to win a series, or let's let's just take this road trip. The Yankees scored 37 runs in 10 games on this road trip. It's not a lot, right? Um, and I understand, you know, pitching has been dominating. That's the big theme of 2021 so far for various reasons. But 37 runs on a 10-game road trip, you're probably not expecting to win seven of those games except they only gave up 35, and they gave up over half of them in two games. They gave up a nine spot to Tampa, a 10 spot to Baltimore. The rest of them, a lot of of shutouts. They had a 1-0 game, which Garrett Cole pitched. They had a 2-0 game, another 2-0 game, the back-to-back games in Texas with Corey Kluber's no-hitter. We'll get to that in a second. But they're winning these games with pitching, and that's exactly how you want to be winning. They're winning close games. They're winning low-scoring games. They're winning games when they don't hit home runs. And that's one of the big criticisms and pet peeves for a lot of fans when they think about how they're winning these games and how they want to win these games. Well, if you want to win close, low-scoring games, it means you're not hitting. So you got to take that trade-off. You know, you can't win close, low-scoring games all the time and and still hit a bunch of uh, score a bunch of runs. So if you look at the way they're winning these games, though, they've won six games already this year when they don't hit a home run. Last year they they only won two. They were two and fourteen. They're six and eight this year. Last year they were twelve and twelve in games decided by one or two runs. This year, they're 14-7, and seven, so they've already won more of those games. Last year was a 60-game season. They're only 45 games in to this one. So uh, they are winning games with really strong pitching, starting and relieving. I mean, the bullpen's been a big part of this, but don't forget to give the starters some credit here. Jordan Montgomery's had a couple of bad moments, and Jamison Tyone hasn't found his rhythm yet. Uh but you really have to like what you've gotten, obviously, from Garrett Cole. Corey Kluber has come on. Domingo Herman, And uh, 
they've put up some really good numbers too now. Kluber's no-hitter the other day. How special was that? How much fun was that to watch? I don't care if you think the no-hitter has been cheapened because there have been a lot in this early going. Until you show me at the end of the year that there are 50 no-hitters in baseball, you're not convincing me that this isn't a little bit of a fluky stretch and that the game itself is still not special. When you watch it start to finish, man, it is an incredible performance to watch, and it's exactly what happened with Corey Kluber the other night. When he goes 1-2-3 in the first inning with a couple of strikeouts looking and a weak ground ball, told you a lot about his stuff early on and the Rangers hitters. And uh, as the game went on, you could tell there were not a lot of good swings. There was a lot of movement on his pitches. Hitters were being fooled. They weren't making strong contact. And he was mowing them down efficiently. That was going to lead him deep into the ballgame, just like it did a few starts ago against the Tigers. That time they, you know, they bled out a couple of hits. This time the Rangers did not. And the tension that built, the drama that built, man, that was that was fantastic for a regular season baseball game. You know, every once in a while you get some of these exciting games. And a no-hitter is one of them. Remember, it was close too. It was two nothing. So it wasn't like the outcome was you know, the outcome was still in doubt. Aroldis Chapman's warming up there. If he gives up a hit, the Yankees still have to close out that win. Obviously, Kluber finished the deal. 101 pitches. Fantastic. Um, and watching everybody's reaction, watching a guy who shows no emotion smile the way he did was fantastic for Corey Kluber. Um, the no-hitter is still special when you're watching it start to finish. I understand maybe if you're watching maybe highlights of some of their games and you say, okay, well, this guy threw one, that guy threw one, and all you see is maybe the ninth inning or you wake up the next morning and you see it happen. Maybe it doesn't feel special to you because there have been a few of them this year. But... Again, until you show me that there are dozens of them being pitched in 2021, I'm going to believe that we're in a very special stretch right now. And it's still really hard, no matter how dominating you think pitchers are, it's still really hard to get 27 outs without giving up a hit. Because that doesn't happen all the time. And in the age of velocity, when you're seeing high strikeout totals, look at the guys who are throwing no hitters right now. They're not the ones who are striking out 15, 16 guys. Kluber struck out nine. Um, you know, you look at the games that uh, that Wade Miley or Spencer Turnbull threw. There were not a ton of strikeouts in these games. It's still some contact involved, and you know that's you know that's part of uh, the drama here is making sure those balls get caught and turned into outs. Um, it's the the velocity leads to strikeouts and a lot of uh, inactivity, a lot of inaction. And that can make for some boring baseball. I get that. Um, But when you have a no-hitter like this, look at the way that these no-hitters are thrown. They're not thrown with 20 out of 27 outs being strikeouts. Um, And, you know, I I just think that you have to look at these games as being special because they, no matter what you think of the first few weeks of this season, they do not happen all the time. And I'm willing to bet we're going to get to the end of this year and we're not going to have 30, 40, 50 no-hitters. Um, might we have a dozen, 15? I don't know. Still pretty early, but I don't think this is going to be the norm. I think you have to look at it for what it is right now. And it's still a pretty impressive feat when you can get a guy going deep into a ball game and allowing, you know, even just being in the position to do so and then finishing it off. It was a special night. More importantly for the Yankees, watching Corey Kluber 
really emerged again. And and I get some of the competition they're facing, whether it's the Rangers or the Tigers a few weeks ago. Watching Kluber pitch better and just watch him be durable and dominant and look more like Corey Kluber than than he did uh, you know, early in the season, that's a really good sign for the New York Yankees because you already know you have something special in Garrett Cole. And when you've got him as your number one, you're looking for number two, right? That's who you want. You want the strong number two for a playoff series. Corey Kluber is looking like that guy. And if you fast forward a little bit here, and Luis Severino has a successful rehab and moves forward here, you know what he can be. And you have some time here. You don't want to rush him back because you want to make sure he's strong for the end of the season. You have Cole, Kluber, Severino as a 1-2-3. That's a top of the rotation that can match up with anybody. That's a top of the rotation that if you go ahead and say, all right, I'm facing the Dodgers in the World Series, you are feeling confident that you can match up with the Dodgers rotation when you think about what you're going to throw out there. And let's not discount the others that you have right now. Tyone still has time. He's going to need time. That's pretty important here. You know, you're talking about a guy who's missed a couple of years, remade his delivery. It's not snapping back into action all that fast. He's going to need a little bit more time. The Yankees can play with that, and they have a bullpen that can obviously back him up. You also have um, Domingo Herman, Jordan Montgomery, who are showing you flashes of who they can be. Davey Garcia waiting on the farm, right? The depth is important. He will be a part of this at some point, too. And the bullpen has been outstanding. You've got some real weapons in Jonathan Loisega and Chad Green. Multi-inning ability right there, very important. Obviously, you know what Chapman brings. Zach Britton hopefully back within a few weeks. And you're going to see, again, a real dominant bullpen backing up starters who are really dominant right now, too. And if you went into this season worrying about the pitching and wondering if they could hold up their end, right now they're holding up their end. The Yankees' offense is really what needs to come back to life. And along those lines, the Yankees have had some injury issues, right? Giancarlo Stanton, hopefully not a long-term thing with a quad injury. Maybe he'll be back in a few days here. But Aaron Hicks appears to be a little bit more of a iffy situation depending on what he decides with surgery. He could be out a while. You're already having bad starts to the season offensively from Brett Gardner and Clint Frazier. Aaron Judge is having an MVP caliber season, but you need a little more production here. You need a little more assurance here. Uh, So from a defense and offensive standpoint, outfield might be a spot where the Yankees are going to have to look outside their organization to improve and maybe make a trade and figure out what's happening. And it's hard right now because you have a lot of the mediocrity around the league. I'm not going to call it parity, but there are not a lot of bottom feeders uh, here in this early going. As you get into June, you're going to try and separate contenders from pretenders, and you're going to try and figure out who can move players. And if the Yankees are serious about building a better team for the postseason, they're going to have to figure out Really, they're going to have to make some hard decisions on whether or not they think some of these bats can come to life and where they can improve their team. Base running and defense, atrocious so far, right? And even defense has gotten better in spots, but it's still something they could improve on if they if they made the right moves from outside the organization. And it might take some hard decisions. It might take some, you know, you might, you're going to have to make some really hard decisions to think about whether or not 
You can improve your team by getting a better outfielder, maybe a better shortstop, and moving Claybert Torres to second. And, and I know the trickle down of that. The trickle down of that involves Luke Voigt, and maybe you don't want to move him. But you got to think about what's going to make you better than what you are right now as a total package, as a total team. And if you can figure that out, and you might have to sacrifice a guy like Luke Voigt to do that, well, that might be something you have to do. And again, I don't think it's necessary to say we have to trade him, we want to trade him, we don't like him. That's a different matter altogether. This is about trying to figure out how the pieces fit here and what you're going to do to improve your team. A couple of weeks ago, Joel Sherman wrote a column about uh, comparing the 2004 Red Sox. Uh, sorry to bring that memory up to you, Yankees fans, but they had to make some hard decisions, including trading Nomar Garcia Parra and deciding that Orlando Cabrera was going to be a better shortstop for them. Defensively, they had to make that choice, and that Doug Mankiewicz coming in was going to help them defensively at first base. They had to make certain choices. They made those choices, and you know where it got them in the end. Um, that's what they're going to have to do is look themselves uh, in the mirror and make some hard choices as to how they can improve themselves. Catching, shortstop, center field, right? Strong up the middle. You have some questions about all of those to a certain degree with the New York Yankees right now. So those are questions you need to fix and you need to solve uh, comfortably before you get you know, past the trade deadline here. You're working your way. It's it's already almost the end of May. You're going to work your way toward the end of June. You got to start think. Okay, who are we, and how can we get better? Outfield is going to be a need. Is shortstop a need? Is catcher something they have to address? How do they figure? How do they fix an offense that is still underachieving? It's great that they're getting some big hits, some big pinch hits, uh, winning games, adding home runs. That all comes back to pitching too. Uh, but they're still going to want to make some improvements here because you're still really lagging behind at certain positions. And if guys like Frazier and Duhar, who have such upside and such promise and you had so much, so many high hopes built into this, if they can't catch on and get hot, you're going to have to make some hard choices here and figure out what's going to make you better now. It's always an eye to the future. But when you have Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, and Aroldis Chapman having the seasons they're having right now, and you have Corey Kluber on a one-year deal, remember, and he's starting to pitch like Corey Kluber, you cannot waste these chances. You have to move forward into an area where you think you can win a championship. And that might be making hard choices on some players that you have a lot of belief in, but maybe it's... You know, that time, that window is running out, and you're going to have to make those hard choices. There are people who get paid a lot of money to make those decisions. That's, that's where it's coming. Uh, we can debate it and talk about it and, you know, keep looking at it as the season moves forward. But those are some choices that the Yankees are going to have to make at certain positions and figure out how much longer they can ride guys who aren't really pulling their weight offensively or defensively and and figure out what's going to make them good this year because you cannot waste the seasons that these guys are giving you. And that's really what it's all about for the Yankees right now. All about knocking on the door the last few years, time to knock it down, and let's see what choices they come up with as they move a little bit further here. You're past the quarter pole right now. As you head into June, you start thinking about what's possible at the trade deadline. And uh, you know those are the decisions that are going to make, make or break the Yankees in 2021. 
Remember to subscribe here. You get Ed Coleman's Mets reports and my Yankees reports at WFAN Baseball Insiders at Odyssey, Apple Podcasts. Also subscribe to 30 with Murdy. And you'll get my latest conversation with Chris Chambliss, the former Yankee first baseman and former hitting coach. He has six World Series rings, two as a player, four as a hitting coach in that late 90s dynasty Yankees. And we talk a lot about the role of hitting coaches and how it's changed over the years, what's involved in getting hitters out of slumps. And Chris also gives a lot of insight into what those hitters, Jeter, O'Neill, Bernie Williams, Posada, what guys like that brought to those Great Yankee teams of the late 1990s. And uh, a good mix of past and present with Chris Chambliss as we think about what offense is involved in right now and the role of hitting coaches. Check that out at the 30 with Murdy archive on Odyssey and at Apple Podcasts. Thank you all for listening. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.